Hi, this is Lita Marr, and I am here with Karen. She placed in our latest VT13 contest. She was our second place winner. Very excited to talk with her a little bit and hear some of her thoughts about her transformation process. So, hi, Karen. How are you today? Hi, great. I'm very happy to be here. You're like a superstar in the Venus world. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far, but we try. We try. So anyway, I guess the first question I wanted to ask you is how did you find the Venus Factor? Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. I know I wound up clicking on it through Facebook, but I had seen it in the Eat Stop Eat somewhere referenced in there. So it must be some advertising things that kept coming to my <laughs> feed. So eventually it sounded like a good idea and I gave it a try. Oh, okay. So what did you think about it? Um, at first it sounded, I mean, it made sense to me, especially with the leptin levels and the need to not just eat at a really low level all the time, to have the higher calories built in. It just kind of made sense. Okay, well, before we go further with this conversation, I wanted to mention that Karen is a medical doctor herself. So, um, Karen, as soon as I learned that about you, I became very fascinated because I wanted to hear, and I'm sure our listeners would like to hear too, um, what what your opinions are from a medical standpoint and the things that, that you already may or may not have known about diet and fitness. So, you know, right away you bring up the leptin piece. Uh, what what was your take on that as a doctor? Did you know anything about it? What do you think? Um, only superficially. Most of what I deal with are really sick patients in the hospital, so we're not, I'm not really in the mode of keeping people healthy. I'm more trying to make really sick people a little bit less sick. Got it. Um, so it wasn't, it's not really my focus, but of course I knew about leptin and ghrelin, and it just kind of made sense that you didn't want to keep your leptin levels so low all the time. And uh, I had tried to eat low for a while and lost about 10 pounds, but at one point that stopped working for me. Right. So I thought I'd give Venus a try, and medically it makes a lot of sense. So when you say that it stopped working for you the first time when you were just eating low, um, how long did you eat low for, and then how long was that plateau that led you to give up? Um, it was only a short time that I was, I was always in all of my life, so it was surprising when it, to me when I started gaining weight without effort, because um, I was running half marathons, I was extremely physically active, but I seemed to be gaining more and more weight. So for about six months, I just ate at 1,200 calories per day and lost about 10 pounds, and then just stopped. Um, so that's, I, I guess I had stopped for maybe three or four months or so okay. until, before I found the Venus Factor. Okay. But when you were eating low and you were at your plateau, how long did the plateau last before you stopped? Um, about three months. Okay. Before so you, I realized it wasn't really working. So you were really truly eating 1,200 calories a day? Yeah, I was. Right. I was. Right. And at that time, were you running? Uh, yeah. I was running, but I think probably I didn't keep track of that that well on the days that I was running because right. I, I drink a Powerade and that adds some calories or that terrible goo stuff halfway through. Oh, adds goo. Calories. I remember goo. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of it's quite tasty. But, but you know, and then once I started doing the Venus Index, I found I didn't really, it, you know, I could make it through without needing that kind of nutrition halfway through. There's um, no need for it. Right. And I think that that's where a lot of us, uh, many of us have the same background as you do. I, I also myself had run marathons and half marathons and was 
very training very actively. And I think I, you know, I made the mistake of looking at the pictures on the front of Runner's World magazine and thinking if I would just run a little bit, I would look like that. Or if, they right. know, if I would run a lot, I would look like that. Ooh, hello. <laughs> What's your dog's name? Oh, uh, Dutch. Yeah, he's 111 pounds and really likes to watch me work out. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I have kitties who like to, uh, you know, squirm around my legs during workout times, which is always kind of fun. <laughs> so anyway, um, back to running. <laughs> Sorry. It can really, it can really mess with your hunger levels, and I think a lot of us fall into that trap of reading all of the literature on running and thinking, oh, well, I have to eat to fuel my training. And we don't realize how well conditioned our bodies become to the activity that we're doing. So, you know, right. you're you probably in unconscious ways um, making little adjustments as you run that your body teaches itself how to make those adjustments so that it's a little bit more efficient and more efficient and more efficient. You know, Absolutely. You know, then we're taking goo and Powerade and probably, you know, not necessarily tracking every bite, lick, and taste, you know, throughout the day, thinking, well, I've run, I, you know, I deserve this, or, you know, just a bite here, a bite here, there, won't matter. Right, you know, but, I, that was exactly the thinking. I think, well, I just ran 15 miles, so of course I'm going to eat a little more. Right, right. And I think, I think you're right that what Venus teaches us is that we can work really hard uh, our bodies don't need as much. The intensity level can be high, but you learn to be a little bit smarter about listening to your body and that with that understanding that with a large amount of intensity is going to come a larger amount of hunger. So you have to learn how to strike that delicate balance. Right, and pay attention to it too. Right. How did it feel for you then to set the running aside and start focusing on resistance training? Um, that's how good actually at first I only did the diet part I had a medical problem where I couldn't exercise or do much for a little while mm -hmm. so I had the opportunity I guess to read all the literature in the Venus program mm -hmm. which there's so much right. and I just started the diet right away right so kind of being forced to take a break from running and then focus on diet wound up really working for me what did you learn about your diet when you began to practice the Venus methods um, for me, it was a lot about protein. We're, I'm mostly vegetarian. Maybe I'll eat meat every, maybe once every two weeks. So I didn't really pay attention to getting protein in my diet. And um, now having to add it up to 90 grams of protein a day, you really have to <laughs> take a look. Right. So that was a big change for me to focus first on protein before worrying about anything else. Right. And, you and that made me feel really good. It does make you feel good. I think a lot of people report that you, you do tend to feel a little bit uh, weak or low energy if you're not feeling the body in the right way. And, right. you know, contrary to, again, back to the, the running and taking the goo thing, yeah, you can get a sugar high, and that's one thing, to give you a little energy while you're exercising, but throughout the day, your body needs better quality nutrition. Right. So for me, that's, that's the beauty of the Venus Factor methodology, just to be told, focus on protein not worrying so much about every little bitty thing surrounding macronutrients, but if you just focus on protein um, and just being judicious and smart with your portion sizes, you will feel a lot better without having to micromanage every little tiny aspect of it. Right. Well, I was only worrying about total calories before, so the switch to worrying about how much protein I got made a big difference. Good. When you and I wouldn't have ever thought of that without Venus. Well, I'm glad that you found that because it sure 
made a big difference in your look. I'm looking at your before and after pictures right now, and it's just, it's really, it's really stunning. It really is. Thank you. Now, that whole thing from start to finish, did you have any backstory with Venus, or was it literally a 12-week process for the transformation for you? June of last year, so I was a member of it for about six weeks where I was reading it and kind of starting to do the diet. When I was able to, I started to do some of the exercises, but I really didn't get into it full force until January, right before the contest. Okay, so this is really a true representation of what you were able to accomplish in 12 weeks. It is, and actually even my kind of gross before picture of my stomach fat sticking out everywhere. I had even lost two pounds in the previous week doing Venus, even before that. Wow. So it might have been more dramatic. That is just really amazing. So how did you manage to pull it all off because of your um, your work schedule? Um, that was a little, well, that helped in Venus too, talking about um, sleep and um I would tend to just eat to stay awake, uh, so I would have to plan ahead to bring my food to work. I work overnight. Um, and then the next day, you know, I was just at work for 16 hours, so I didn't want to just go take a nap. I wanted to enjoy the day, take a walk, all of that. So I had to just force myself to go home, sleep for at least four hours before I pick up the kids. Um, and it turned out well, too. It helped her appetite and also helped me answer to my kids in the afternoon. <laughs> So have you kept that kind of schedule? I mean, did, was that something that uh, changed to your lifestyle that you felt was beneficial and should be kept forever? Um, the working nights, I've been doing that for a couple of years, and that's when I was gaining weight. Um, so this works for me very well. Uh, I bring my own food to work. I don't have to worry about the vending machines um, or everybody in the emergency room ordering pizza, et cetera. I just have what I want to eat, and I generally prefer it. Um, and then the next day I come home, if, if it's not a weekend and the kids are in school, I immediately go to sleep for a couple of hours, and that's it. That helps with the fasting, too. So tell me about your fasting process. I think this, and think, think about this. We do get a lot of questions from newcomers who work night shifts on how to manage fasting, so it would be really beneficial for us to hear how did you manage your fasting with your work schedule. Well, I don't know if I can recommend it for anybody else, but for me, it's like I usually bring something like a Quest bar or um, something like that to work for about the morning when your cortisol drops and you feel like crap and can't keep doing your work. Um, but if I don't need to eat that, then I can usually get in a good 18-hour fast because I'll finish my shift at 8 in the morning, um, drive home, go directly. I, I work, I'm very lucky to work three miles away from my house, so I can make it home the three miles um, safely. Mm -hmm go directly to sleep for about four hours. I, I didn't need to eat the two in the morning power bar. I kind of built up about 20-hour fast. Oh, um, so I do that about once a week. The other times, I kind of make sure to eat something <clears throat> between maybe midnight and 2 o'clock. But just doing that once a week seems to really help. And that, doing it on the days that I work make it really easy because I'm sleeping. That is very smart. I think a lot of folks, because they have so much urgency surrounding their process, when they first start, they just... They want to do everything in their human power possible to get the weight off quickly. Um, right. And then they tend to go a little bit overboard thinking that you need to fast every day or every other day. And, and they, they get burned out and they start thinking it's too hard and feeling depressed and all those things that come, you know, as you well know, with with too much deprivation. So that, right. that was very smart of you to just do it. Well, that's why mm -hmm. Venus is great, too. They have the eat-up days once or twice a week, and that's, that really helps. It yeah. just kind of resets your body, and you think, okay, yeah, I can go low for another couple of days, and 
Right. And it's great because you can rearrange them. So if you ever had a day where you had an oopsies, I'm emotional and I overate a little bit, well, that could just be considered your eat-up day. Oh, exactly. I do that all the time. Right. Yeah, Yeah, it's really, it's it's a great way to diet for sure, as long as you're counting the calories carefully on those eat-up days. Right. So for you, did did you follow exactly the calculator or did you take, you know, 15% off of your maintenance days just to make sure that you weren't going over? How did you manage that? I took 15% off, but I didn't follow the undulating protocol exactly. That was a little too much. I don't know, too much direction for me in a program that has minimal direction anyway. But to eat the protein one day, the carbs one day, I couldn't quite do it like that. And that's On okay. average, did two maintenance days per so, week. Yeah, some people like that much direction, and, you know, we recommend it, and it, it really is helpful. But for others, you know, it's it's not like it's the end of the world if you can't, if you don't want to eat that way. I think more important than anything is your calories, for sure. And I the 15% off because it uh, yeah, my maintenance calories were 1680. So I figure, well, 1500 is like a nice round number. Yeah, I agree <laughs> so, with that. How, how tall are you? 200s in a week, and the rest were 1000. So. I'm sorry, how how tall are you? I didn't hear that. 5'3. Uh, 5'3, yeah. I did about the same. I'm about 5'5 five five and a half, and I just rounded mine down to 1500 and called it a yeah, day. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I mean for true maintenance for me, I will I'll have a slow creep if I'm around 1800. So you know if I can truly truly keep it around 1500 a day, that seems to be a pretty good maintenance number for me right. too. I think that's it's fairly standard for for females who are just living a normal life who aren't you know elite athletes or you know working out a ton a ton right. a ton. So it seems to that seems to right. Work. So on the subject, that's sorry. Okay. On the subject of working out, I was just going to ask you, when when did you start incorporating the exercises and how did... Um, January. It was actually only, um, I started the 12-week program just a week before I started. Um, and did them all directly, exactly as directed. Uh, even the Bulgarian split squats and things that are maybe not so fun. <laughs> um, but I just did it exactly as directed. I decided to trust that it was going to work, and I did. Right. Was it difficult for you uh, in terms of your conditioning level already? Um, It was, like um, holding a plank for 45 seconds. I thought, there's no way I'm going to do that. It took three tries to get 45 seconds, you know, in groups of 15 or 20 seconds at a time. And now when there's a two-minute plank on the workout, it's really no problem. And it built up really fast. It really and did. I went up on weights really fast. I was lucky. Uh, my husband had the adjustable dumbbells, so I just started with five pounds and worked up to 25 pounds and something. It just really, I guess I've never really worked out specifically with weights for so long for just a consistent period of time, so it really built up fast. So did you how, did you find that, that working with the program increased your stamina at work? Um. I'm not sure. I think eating better increased my stamina at work. In terms of working out, I'm not sure if I can give that credit or not because I was already running and in pretty good cardiovascular shape before. Right. Um, In terms of hauling 50-pound bags of dog food, that definitely increased my stamina. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's no problem. I used to have my kids carry one end of a huge bag. Now I can toss them in the back of the car with no problem. That's cool. That's always kind of fun. That's always a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Did you use uh, Leptiburn or any of the supplements, any other kinds of supplements? 
Um, I didn't use any specific supplements, like the fat-burning supplements, because uh, I had a lot of caffeine, and I really like my coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I did use protein powder, um, like, at least once or twice a day. Uh, I've tried, I think, every protein powder in existence to find the best taste ones, and I mix it in my yogurt, I make shakes with it, um, I put the tasteless one just in my soup to add protein. Uh, like I said, because since I don't eat much meat, I had to find ways to add protein. Did that affect the flavor of your soup? And that worked really well. Did that affect the flavor? Okay. Did that affect the flavor of your soups very, uh, very much to put that protein powder in it? Um, to put the flavorless one, no, mm-hmm. not at all. It made it just slightly thicker, but not much at all. Oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to have to try that. Oh yeah, it's um, one of the Venuses had recommended it on the in the community, and I mail ordered it, and it's been great. I put it in my coffee too. Great. While we're on the subject of the community, I was just about to bring that up. How how much did you utilize the community? What was it like for you? Uh, I was more of a reader than a writer. Um, I I think I responded to a few, mostly in terms of protein powder recipes, since I got mm-hmm. very into that. Right. Um, but in terms of sharing what I was going through, I didn't really do that. I felt self-conscious for that. Mm-hmm. But I really appreciated what other people wrote and reading through everyone's blogs. Um, the first one I read through, I think, completely like a book with Roberta's going through her transformation. And I thought, yeah, she's about my age. If she can do it, I can do it. Of so. Course. It gave me some motivation. That's nice. Roberta is amazing, and she ha- she kept such a an incredible and still does to this day an incredibly detailed blog. So that's right. very beneficial. Some of us uh, are not as not as uh, profound, going as deep, or writing as frequently. Um, so right. I'm really glad. And sometimes also it would be so much after the fact. I'd read somebody's blogs maybe weeks later, so I didn't feel like I could really answer anything right. useful. Right, but um, yeah. but no, the community was very helpful. Yeah, there's like, it, uh, there's so much information out there. It's there is even like I was having trouble with the stability ball. I went out and you know spent the ten dollars on the stability ball, and then was so I just put in stability ball as a search term and got all kinds of suggestions from questions that were already answered. Yeah, and that's a good point. A lot of our newcomers don't necessarily utilize the search feature as much as they could. Um, because yeah. so many of the questions, I mean, there's really, it's a, there, there's a finite number of questions right. people will have. It's, you know, because it's just diet and exercise. It's not um, rocket science. So right. There's, there's a, it's, it is. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Well, for everybody, certainly, in, you know, in a way we like to say, you know, you're not a snowflake. Everybody's the same. But on the other hand, it, it's a little bit of a, par- uh, a uh, paradox because... Right. Because you are a snowflake. Every every person is an experiment of one. So everybody will experience things differently, react to things differently. And I think that's where a big disconnect comes in our fitness world um, with people having questions is that they don't they, – they want a formula to fill it out. And, and, and that's why people sometimes when they first encounter the Venus Factor program, it can be confusing for them because you have structure, but you have freedom within the structure. Well, that's why it appeals. I would I wouldn't do a structured program and I couldn't even follow the particular structure of the undulating protocol, but I followed the general structure right. and that was enough. Yeah, it's enough, and you found out what worked for you. Right. Yeah. So, did you have a lot of uh, did you did you share what you were doing with your friends and family? Did you have support? Oh um, <laughs> no, definitely not. No. Um, my husband, yeah, he started doing the Adonis program after I bought it for him, um, and he was very supportive. He was happy with how I was doing, and especially some of the things I was cooking that I took from the recipes. Um, 
like that I wouldn't have thought of, like fish with sauerkraut and mustard, you know, who would have thought of that, but it's really good. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, and he's had a pretty good result too, not that he needed to go as far as I did. Um, but so yeah, support for my husband was there and I just didn't tell anybody else about it. They would have thought it was strange. I was trying to lose weight and I've always been very skinny. So for me to actually be wanting to lose weight, it what was that that journey like for you? I mean, I think a lot of a lot of the people who first come to the community, you know, they they feel shame about having gained unwanted weight, and I know that I did. Um, like you, I was always a very thin person, so for me, weight gain was um, it was a surprise, and I didn't know how to deal with it. Right. I think I just kind of ignored the ignored that part of it. I never thought of myself as other than thin, so it was maybe easier to get back to the mindset of I'm doing this to maintain my body, to eat in a good way, to exercise. I never really owned the fatter part of me. I just let that pass. Well, that's probably a great way to to handle it, probably a healthy way, uh, rather than dwelling on it. Um, yeah, well, other people I read kind of go the other direction. They haven't really owned their thinner body, so I guess I was the opposite. Right. Yeah, when I, um, the only time I ever owned my thicker body was when I saw photographs of myself, you know, yeah. and then I, that, and then of course, like most everybody, uh, you know, I would say, well, you know, it's a bad camera angle, or <laughs> I just take, I'm just taking bad pictures, <laughs> but I knew in my heart of hearts that I used to not ever take bad pictures, so, you know, it had to be, uh, the truth, the camera, really, it, it lies a tiny bit, you know, like maybe 5%, but, it, do, it doesn't lie all the way like that, like we like to think it does. So uh, so when I saw that, I knew I had to, you know, maybe try to figure something out. And, and like right. most people, for me anyway, I knew in my heart of hearts that it was all related to diet. I just was hoping to find some workaround for that because nobody wants to, to, to set aside something that feels as good as eating does. Well, that's the thing. It's much, when I was going through the process, the 12-week process, it's much easier to do something, to exercise more, to go out and run more, to you know, do more workouts than just to not do something, to have that negative void of not eating. Right. Oh, it's funny, too, because you, I, I always joke about it to myself that I didn't want to have to, quote, change my lifestyle, but then, you know, I'm running 40, 50 miles a week to avoid, quote, changing my lifestyle. Right. Yeah, it was just code for I want to crush some donuts because it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not worth it. No, not worth it at all. I, Ended up finding that there's, uh, I can busy myself with other things to fill the void of eating and learn to eat less and learn to push the plate away sooner. Right. And that was, um, that took some doing to just make, and even making changes in food, like instead of having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with two breads, have it with one. It really doesn't change anything or change your satisfaction. Right. And again, that's the thing that people can really take away from the Venus Factor and learn is this idea of moderation that, there aren't bad and good foods. There are just bad and good choices. And it's perfectly fine to choose a, quote, bad food as long as you're doing it in a responsible way. Right. And with awareness. Right. And then you don't, then you don't feel deprived. Then you know that, you know, I could have peanut butter and jelly sandwich on one piece of bread almost any time I want it. And there's no difference in how it makes you feel either. You don't right. feel deprived at all. Right. Yep. It's just learning those little... Those, I guess we now in, in our modern 
internet world, we call that hacking. Those little hacks <laughs> that, you, that you can make little tricks. So what would you say was your hardest op obstacle that you had to overcome while you were working through the process? Um, probably not eating to stay awake. So even if I didn't get the t to take a nap and I was tired after working or for whatever other reason, food wasn't the way to stay awake. I had to figure out, I mean, obviously I like coffee quite a bit, <laughs> um, but sometimes that doesn't do it. Just not reaching food to kind of keep you going. So what did you do when coffee didn't work? I'm sorry? What did you do when coffee didn't work? Um, I just kept myself active with the kids, or maybe I would try to take a nap while they were doing homework, and they would just wake me up a little <laughs> when they needed help. I would just try to sneak in a little extra nap sometimes. Right. How many kids do you have? Uh, two. What are their ages? Um, now they're 8 and 11. Oh, that's a very active age for kids. Oh, it is, but it's yeah. a more independent age, too. Right. So, right. so like I can send them off to for veterans or something while I take a little nap sometimes. That works pretty well. Karen, you are really an inspiration. You truly are oh, thank you. a renaissance woman. She does it all. <laughs> yeah. So how did you feel when you saw your final pictures? Kind of a two-step thing. My first thought was, wow, I should wear makeup more often. <laughs> Somebody did my makeup for me. Well, um, and it really helped because these are, I mean, they're non- retouched non anything photos so I felt like I should wear makeup for it mm -hmm. um, and my second thought was that um, my well, my second thoughts are mostly negative like why do my stomach skin look like that it's kind of weird it's kind of loose and saggy and then I thought oh look at my arm muscles I really built up some biceps <laughs> so I was just kind of looking at it piece by piece and mm -hmm. I was really happy especially looking at the comparison well, you know what they say, you cannot improve what isn't measured. So, you know, <laughs> even taking the after totally pictures, true. even taking the after pictures can be um, cathartic and useful because now you have a path that you can walk and things that you can work on. And, right. And it, that too, like I was thinking, that would have been so much better maybe in three weeks because I spent all that time building up leg muscle, but they're still kind of hidden by some fat over that. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was a little bit critical, I guess but I know that it's still going in the right direction. Right. Did you take a break then after the pictures, or did you just keep going? Um, I kept going because I thought I was going to be entering the next contest. <laughs> and I did this little, um, not exactly, but the spirit of it at least, for the last seven days. So I hadn't eaten dairy for a couple of days, and I guess that was sort of my break. What I really wanted to eat was Greek yogurt and blueberries at the end. Um, and what I thought was that's really indicative of how far the thought process came. I didn't think get rid of blueberries. Right, that you <laughs> didn't. That's what was over, which is what I did. That you didn't need the comfort food anymore, but you were craving your better items that you'd chosen. Over right, there. which is now, I guess, my comfort food. It's what I'll eat at least one meal a day. That's that is that's right there is a perfect example of the Venus success story. That's. That's what everybody should be striving for, and we hope that the final outcome is that for everybody that you change your lifestyle. It's a true lifestyle and paradigm shift in your thinking. It is, because I'm not saying I'm going to keep myself from the donuts because it's unhealthy. It's, it changes what you want. Right. And then when you do have it, you have it an, an appropriate amount of time per year. 
Of course. I mean, I would have a Krispy Kreme once a year or once every couple of years, maybe, simply because, <laughs> you know, I'm trained to the point where, yeah, sure, I drive by Krispy Kreme every day. And if you think that I don't want to just pull the car over immediately, um, you're crazy. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but I know yeah, how to I'm say no. I know how to say no, and I know that I can do it, you know, once a year or twice yeah. a year, if, or if a coworker, you know, has some around and it seems like the right time, it's okay. You don't have to beat yourself up. You just do it. Right, right. Yeah. And I kind of use, like, coffee or tea as a substitute. My kids will want to drive through Krispy Kreme or whatever equivalent, um, and I'll get them something and I'll order coffee. Wow, that, that takes some. See, that shows the changing, the change in your thinking that. Right. That you can do that. I'm, I'm not not ordering something. Like I, I want right. to get something. Right. And you can I'll do just, that. But I want to get mentally the coffee. Yeah. And again, that's the thing that people need to come to understand as they work through the process is that you don't get to just diet and then forget it. Right. You have to learn that it's really like balancing your checkbook or brushing your teeth. These are things that just require a little bit of effort for maintenance, and you don't ever get to go back to never balancing your checkbook and never brushing your teeth. Right. You have exactly. To. Yeah, you have and to. And I kind of thought of it that way, too, with the checkbook way. Like, am I going to pay off some of my debt today, or am I going to just maintain my current debt, you know, and have a maintenance day of 1,500 calories? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of how I looked at it, like when I was having a 1,000-calorie day. Which, you know, for me, it wasn't even exact. I would kind of balance out the low-calorie days to be 1,000. Sometimes it was 800, sometimes 1,100. Right. Um, I would always keep that 1,500-calorie days, but I'd average out the other five days. Um, and I would decide to either pay the debt or not that day. I, I just like wouldn't that. add to it. That's a great way to think about it. We talk about our our excess weight as debt all the time, but I never right. thought of it in terms of, will I choose today to maintain my debt? Right. That is fantastic. I'm going to And I will never increase my debt, so that's why Right. The calories forever. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to steal that from you sometime. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure I stole it from one of you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, this the the program has grown so much with all of the users and all of the podcasts and the coaches and there's so much mind share and thought um that's that's out there that I I can't even keep track of what you know various coaches have said or everything that John has said or ideas that that we bounce around because there's just so much of it which is really the beauty of the program it can be overwhelming but there's just so much there to Oh yeah to and I love that there's always something else to read like uh, I haven't read everybody's blogs I've read I think most of the questions by now uh, as a blogs I can always pick somebody to start following and read their journey right, there's yeah. always more to read if you look for it Absolutely. Pretty cool. So um, while we're on the subject of, uh, of how you've taken other people's advice, uh, what, what would be your best advice for other Venuses? Uh, and it can be anything. It could be a person just starting out or it could be, you know, a person who's where, where you are now and getting ready to maintain. What do you? Um, I would to trust it because um, I wanted to microanalyze the exercises and say, well, I don't really want to do that. I'll do this instead. And I really didn't like some of them at first, though I came to like them. Um, and just to try that going through this workout was the right way to do it. It's a proven way. Um, you know, why should I be the different snowflake that it doesn't work for? So just do it, and it works. Yeah, yes, it does. Well, that, that about embodies your life, I guess, since you made it through med school and you've done all the things that you've done. You're, you're obviously a just-do-it kind of lady. 
And I have to say the contest helped too because I wouldn't want to not finish something I started and just knowing mm-hmm. I had to actually submit pictures in a bikini afterwards yeah. <laughs> was really motivating to not skip a workout one day or to not you know, record my stories for the day. Right. Do you feel like now you will, um, you'll be able to do it without a contest or do you think you will enter further contests? Um, I think I could do it so far. I've, I haven't been as good as recording so faithfully, but I kind of eat the same things, so mm-hmm. I know what calories, you know, how much calories there are in the green yogurt and blueberries, the protein powder mixed in mm-hmm. kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think uh, if they have, if you guys still have the open contest, maybe I'll do that sometime. Yeah, but I don't think I need it as motivation anymore. That's a good place to be. I think many of us in the earlier days, you know, we wanted to do contest after contest because we became a little bit addicted to to the idea of having something to strive for. Um, right. But after a while, most people get over over that, which is healthy. You know, I, I will snap a few pictures here and there, you know, throughout the year just to make sure that I'm staying accountable. And so it was interesting because this morning I was just looking through my phone to find a new wallpaper photo because I was bored with one I had. And um, I just found all these pictures that I've taken over the last two or three years. And it's just great to be able to go back and say, oh, yeah, I remember that time in my life. I was a little leaner than I am now. You know, oh, that's motivation for me that, I, right. you know, I could shed five again because, you know, I've you know, been a little bit lax with my counting or whatever the case may be. And that's a good way to just sort of privately keep yourself accountable. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So. so did you have anything else that you wanted to get out there? Any other thoughts as you went through this? Um. Not, I mean, everybody has to find their own way, of course, especially with the diet, what foods you like to eat. Um, but the exercise plan is just exactly spot on. Just follow it as it is. Um, find what foods you like to eat. I really like some of Roberta's recipes, the protein custard. I started making a lot. Yeah, I found my own ways to do things, like maybe put egg whites with some vegetables and bake some egg white cups so I could have them to bring to work, that sort of thing. But just finding your own way within the defined program made a big difference. Very good. Well, it certainly made a big difference for you. And we're, we're very grateful to you for sharing your story with us and, and um, opening up and sharing your before and after photos and, uh, and being, <laughs> thank you. Being, I'm still uh, my before photo. God. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed that that's out. Yeah. Do, do not be embarrassed. Do not be embarrassed. I mean, that, that, you're a doctor, you know, is you know, part of the human human process. Well, we cannot avoiding humans and not always being at our very best. That's okay. Right, and the bad thing was I was even, like, really flexing and holding in my stomach for the picture. <laughs> I wasn't really being with that. That's funny. That's funny. <clears throat> well, well, that's okay. You made the change, and that's, that's what counts. Um, thank you. All right. Well, I think that seems like a good place to leave it off. So for Karen, I'm Lita Marr, and this has been your Venus Factor podcast.